Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another live episode, live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'm your host, also the founder of Array Digital. Array Digital is a digital marketing agency that works with law firms. We help fill case pipelines with the use of digital marketing. Uh, Today, I have a special guest coming in from the Northern Virginia area, so not too far away from me, Thomas Biggle. Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, sir. And we were chatting a little bit about backstage, kind of getting to know each other and had some cool conversations. I'm excited to hear Tom's story. And I'm excited, too, for him to share his experience with everyone listening, whether you're a law student, young attorney, just hung your own shingle, or a seasoned managing partner. Tom has plenty to share for everyone here. So, uh, Tom, yeah, excited to have you on the show. First question, tell us your story, and this is more personal than it is business at this point. What got you started? Why did you become an attorney? Feel free to take us back as far as you need to, but uh, let's, let's hear more about Tom. Yeah, no, absolutely. My favorite subject. Yeah, I I ended up going to law school. I don't I mean we don't have any lawyers in the family. It's always something, you know, when I was in in high school and and, and uh, even in college, and people were like, oh, you know, you should be a lawyer. And I, I sort of resisted it, you know. I mean, this was, you know, I was in college in the late eighties, early nineties, and like going to law school or med school is sort of thing to do. And I'm like, you know what? I'm blazing my own trail. I'm not doing that. So after college, as you and I were talking about after after you know uh, before we started here very impressive a career in food service delivery, uh, pizza delivery. I was probably the worst waiter in the world, which is one of the reasons I knew I had to figure figure out a different career. But I ended up, I ended up in a Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that's where I went. And so I, you know, sleeping on a couch in a friend's apartment and he was going, he was getting his master's in communication studies. So I'm like, hey, that sounds good. Got my master's in communication studies. And at the end of that, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm sort of interested in getting into, into politics. And so I just don't know, just moved to DC. I didn't have a job. I didn't, you know, uh, have anything lined up. And again, was sleeping on friends' couches and just by a lot of networking. And I mean, this was back in the day when to, to apply to work on Capitol Hill, which is what I wanted to do. There was like a literally like a cardboard box and you would go and take your resume and you would drop it into the cardboard box. I mean, none of this like email and resumes. I mean, that just wasn't, wasn't a thing. So I ended up getting a job in a congressional office, uh, Lynn Wolsey, who's now retired in Northern California. And I just loved it. Um, I really had a great time, but I knew I didn't want to had that be my career. I didn't want to be a professional staffer, although that's a great career to have. But I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to dust off this idea of going to law school. So that's what I did. uh, (laughs) Now, one second, did did the pizza experience help you get that job just on the resume? Oh, of course. I mean, once they saw that I worked for Domino's, I mean, there's so many doors open. So many. (laughs) All right. I thought so. (laughs) That's hilarious. So you're going to law school now and uh, give us the background on that. So I went to I went to law school and you know I, I like I said I didn't have any lawyers in the family I didn't have anybody I was really modeling after I but I, I, I really enjoyed it but I didn't have any well, actually when I first went I thought you know I want to. I want to get into politics. I want to run for office. And that's actually the, the essay that I wrote, you know, the application essay and all that. And, uh, but as I went to law school, I got more interested in litigation and kind of the on your feet kind of work. Um, I really love constitutional law. And this really was really what planted the seed of not only doing doing trial work, but also later opening my own firm. Um, fascinating guy. I had as a con law professor 
he looked like Karl Marx in this big white beard, neat <laughs> circle like this. But he had a fascinating background in that, you know, he, he had all the credentials. He went to, you know, Columbia, he clerked for Supreme Court justice. But then after that, he went uh, and was a public defender. And this was like in the 60s, early 70s, where, you know, that's where all the good communists and socialists went, were to be public defenders. I'm only half kidding. I mean, of course he wasn't, but nevertheless, he was a, you know, sort of a, sort of a bomb thrower. And he did that for a number of years. Um, and then just on a whim, just as he and a buddy decided they wanted to open, open their own firm. And he told just amazing stories about, you know, what that was like. And it was just, and then the last day of class, like he gave this, this rousing closing argument slash speech about how, you know, hey, once you get your JD and once you're barred, you're good to go. Like, you don't, you know, yes, you need to get training, but he's like, he basically, and I'm sort of making light of this, but it was almost like, you can go sue whoever you want. <laughs> you're good. You're good to do that then. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time in office hours with him, just talking to him and hearing his stories. And so that's what really got me interested in the litigation side. Uh, and so that's what set me on that path. So excellent. Well, it also sounds like you may have planted the seed to, you know, yes. be an entrepreneur and, and have your own firm as well. Yeah, he did. I mean, just the way that he talked about, like, you know, this, he talked about like he and his buddy that he started the firm with, like he was the litigator and his buddy was doing the transactional stuff. And the office was so small that they shared that if they both leaned back in their chairs at the same time, they'd smack heads. But he, he said like, he just, his partner was, um, like I said, doing transactional and he was one of the first apparently in the country to kind of cobble together trust and estates law and to provide rights to same-sex marriage couples. I mean, this was back in the day when they didn't have any rights. And my professor was doing civil rights litigation. And he's like, I just loved our waiting room. Like we had all kinds of, you know, same-sex couples coming in there to get the help. And then we have people there for doing civil rights. And and I also remember what stuck out to me is the first time he sold, sold a legal product. He's like, you know, I wrote this letter for a client and they handed me $50. And he's like, it's like a light bulb went off his head. He's like, well, I wish I had a stack of letters to write. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> but he went on to have a very, very prominent career as a civil rights litigator. And he I just loved what he did. And awesome. uh, and so that really kind of stuck in my head. Yeah, I just love hearing everyone's stories and their different paths. And I had a gentleman on here recently that went to law school, kind of like what you're saying. He went to law school for a different purpose to get like a stepping stone to some other career. And I'm not sure if it was politics or something else, but and then fell in love with it and was like, wait a minute, you know, this is actually what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, which was interesting that they were using law school as like a, a stepping stone to something else, but I ended up loving it. And so a professor yeah. or a teacher or someone like that can do that to you. Yeah, absolutely. Or the opposite. I guess. Yeah. Too. Right. Hey, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to end up like you. Sure. Yeah. So that's good that you had a good experience there. Everyone tuning in, please. You can take a look at Tom's website while we're talking to Tom. If you're watching this uh, later on or now uh, or in, in the near future here, because this will be up on our website and it'll, it'll exist forever in the interweb. So his website address is just below on the screen. Check him out. Look at his firm. His website is really well put together. So kudos on that, Tom. And, uh, and I'm a judgy guy because I own a company. That's what you do, yeah. That does a lot of that. And, you know, I'm honest as well. But uh, <laughs> go check out his website. It's, I guess, spagelaw.com. That's P I G G L E L A W.com if you're listening on the podcast. But learn more about him while we're, while we're talking to him. So, with that being said, Tom, what do you focus on? What do you specialize in? If I was going to call your firm and you're like, we're the best fit for that, what, 
What is your focus? What's your ideal customer? We help people who've been fired or afraid that they might be. So basically plaintiff side employment, we only represent employees. Our clients, while they run the gamut, they tend to be professionals or higher level managers that have a lot of skin in the game with their career. We also have a niche within that doing pregnancy and caregiver discrimination. Okay. I, I wrote a book called You're Pregnant, You're Fired. So we do a fair amount of that, women with that issue, and also men who are place discrimination because they're trying to take leave to be with their kids. So we do quite a bit of that as well. Okay, excellent. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. And so you're in the Northern Virginia area for other people that maybe not familiar, they're in other states. Uh, What are some of the areas that you actually focus on geographically? I know you are a multi-state as well, but... Yeah, we are in the DMV, so we do Virginia, District of Columbia, Maryland. We also take cases in New York and North Carolina. Okay, excellent. So what is really... Yeah, so uh, give us a little bit more uh, background on, on the firm makeup, how many attorneys you have, and kind of what that mix looks like. Yeah, so we have 30-some employees now. We have seven attorneys. I'm the sole owner, and we also have a you know a fully built-out C-suite. I have a managing attorney. I have a COO, you know, director of sales, director of marketing. And then, yeah, the seven attorneys and paralegals and, and legal assistants and, and other staff to assist. Good on you, sir. Yeah, so uh, that's those things to get in, in place, especially with the structure there, is I think really important. I, you know, I have a lot of attorneys on that are not quite there. Some would never be there. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, running a law firm is and being a lawyer and then running a business are, are separate things. And I think uh, it takes some people quite a long time to get that figured out or they yeah. just never, they never get there. Yeah. And that's I, a great point. I'm an entrepreneur um, and I'm a marketing company, totally separate from a yeah. law firm. But I, on this show, I, I usually, I gravitate towards the business side of things. How do you structure it? How do you run things? How do what's your systems and processes, sales, marketing? So I feel like that's where I see the most help needed, especially when I'm talking to uh, younger or actually I had an attorney on as a, a friend of mine, someone I've known and he was on as a guest of mine not too long ago, but he worked for firms for 30 years almost. And now he has his own firm all, you know, and he's out on his own. So, but just like a brand new attorney out of school, he's never run a company before. But Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, but he's doing the right things. He's picked up a lot of the, the right tips. He's read the right books. He's got the right mentors. I mean, he's got the experience at least to see what doesn't work, what does work. So he's a little more prepared than most, but so, you know, if you want, how long have you, you have you had the firm itself? So I started the firm in 2009 and, you know, as you mentioned, like I, I shudder to think what I did not know. And when I started, I had a lot of uh, confidence and uh, maybe maybe overconfident, but I mean, it was just, uh, I had a laptop and I was coming out of the government. I was a federal prosecutor, so I didn't have, I didn't have any clients, you know, to speak of when I started. And I had a laptop with a crack screen that I had to use an external monitor to be able to see. And it was just me in an office for, for, for a while until I backed into, I mean, this was so 2009 and in 2010, I had a big case in the Eastern District of Virginia and it was just me and an another attorney. And and I'm like, I need a law clerk to help me out. Like, I just can't keep this, these plates spinning on my own. And, um, <laughs> and given that, I mean, you know, it was a bloodbath in the legal market at the time. 
time. So I, I put a uh, put an ad up. I'm just looking for a law clerk. And I got, I mean, so many barred attorneys who were desperate, you know, any port in the storm, they needed a job. And so I ended up hiring some barred attorneys and then kind of figuring out, you know, what every successful law firm in the past thousand years has, has understood. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. If I can bill you out at this rate and pay you this, all that extra is mine. <laughs> you know, this is, this is good stuff. And so that's how I ended up um, hiring people. And, and I frankly, I mean, I had some great people, but again, I, the things I didn't know were, were legion and I did it badly in many respects. And it was a while, it was a number <laughs> of years before I uh, had the other light bulb go on that like, oh, you can run an office, like a law office, like another business, and I don't have to do everything. And all the legal work doesn't have to come through me. And I really have to credit, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Lee Rosen, who does the Rosen Institute. He's a family lawyer from North Carolina, who has since sold his law firm. But uh, at the time, before he sold his law firm, he was also doing consulting. And I remember talking to him and he, you know, he's like, you know, I'm like, all, all this stuff I want to do and all these marketing ideas. And he's like, why aren't you doing them? And I'm like, well, I got these kids, I got these clients. And he's like, well, you've got associates, right? And I said, yeah, I got one or two. And he's like, have them do the legal work. And I was like, oh, you could do you that? Delegate. <laughs> yeah. Time to delegate. Right. That's exactly what he did. So anyway, another light bulb moment. It took me a number of years to get there. And then a number of years after that, because I turned around and immediately started delegating and did it badly. And there were all kinds of mistakes, but but I did learn through kind of trial and error how to do it. But you're right. Law school does not prepare you for it. And even working at a law firm, unless it's a unique one, it doesn't prepare you for it. Yeah, I know. And uh, I had the same experience. I started my company around the same time as you originally. It's like, oh, it's an economic collapse. Let's start a company. Um, <laughs> right. This is a great time to do it. Well, here's the thing. I think it was a good time because it did. Right. the people that did that then, they're like, well, if they could have scraped together some some change in their pocket and and keep in business along, you know, during that time, then you're kind of more prepared for anything else that, that might happen. But um, well, and also I think the opportunity costs are a little lower, you know, because no matter how good or how smart you are, you're, there's going to be a learning curve. And like, yeah, if the economy's in the tank anyway. You know, like you're learning at a time when nobody's making any money. There's not a lot of opportunity that you're wasting because there's just not as much. And so it, as yeah. you know, probably with you, as for me, it worked out well because by the time I started figuring out a few things, you know, then things started to kind of pick back up. So I absolutely agree. And yeah, and for what I did, I was more affordable because I was new and people were tight on their money. So actually I got a lot of work because they're like, well, I'm going to fire my big, huge agency that I have. And I can go with someone like Kevin, who's a freelancer. He's got a, a you know one contractor or two. I, I was just kind of starting out, so I was an affordable option to go to, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, now I've grown into a, a much you know more of a, a agency. But yeah, so that was my experience too, and lots of trial and error, lots of time. Yeah. And so what we're trying yeah. to do here is how do we help people maybe skip those some of those mistakes? But uh, a good book is E Myth. Oh yeah, which is awesome, and I'm actually listening to it again as we speak. And um, there's a group too called uh, How to Manage a Small Law Firm, yeah, uh, which is a great group to be a part of. But they, I think they recommend that book or it's worked into the, some of their system. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of good resources out there. So, you know, I think everyone, if you're starting a firm, look out there, talk to people, talk to people like Tom, yeah. read these books. Yeah. Built to Sell is another great book. I love E-Myth and Built to Sell is another in that, that sort of, that same, same vein. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's good. So uh, from a marketing perspective, I know you have a marketing uh, director there. I saw on your team. Again, kudos to the website. I think it looks great. And how you guys have done some video content, big buttons, big, you know, it is very easy, even like a calculator. And uh, here's the steps to contact us. So 
all that stuff looks really great to me. What are some of the things that you've done to market your firm or advertise whatever you do? Give us some tips on thing, some things that have worked really well, and then maybe we'll get to some things that uh, you feel fell flat. Yeah. You know, uh, having a niche helped, you know, having something that you can say, this is the thing that I do because people are more likely to remember that. Um, and also not just from a, mar a marketing perspective internally, it's easier to run your firm that way because you can be like, okay, I know how to deliver this product. Whereas, you know, if you're juggling three or four different areas, right? Like three or four different areas of law, you got to keep up on. Like it's, it can yeah. be done. Well, obviously firms do it, but it really helped me to niche Amen. writing the book. Yeah. Writing the book was, was huge. It is the ultimate calling card. And, uh, and I, I wish, I wish it was my brainchild, but it was Lee Rosen. Who's like, Hey, you know, you got to write a book. He's like, I don't care what it's about. I just want a good cover and a good title. The stuff in the middle, it doesn't matter because nobody's going to read it, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, somewhat true. So, but that really worked. That niche down really worked. And I would say the second part to that is simultaneous that and writing the book, I hired a PR agency, which was huge because there's, you know, there are all kinds of products now, you know, where you could, I, I, there's like a book and then there's a book, right? And, yeah. you know, when I say book and air quotes, which I think are not bad things, but there are all these companies that you can do, you know, kind of a short book, you can do the, you know, yeah, book in a box or something like that. There's exactly, exactly. Which is, which is fine. I, I think those are, those are good products, but you're not going to get in the New York times for those, right? I mean, those are going to be good lead magnets and all those sorts of things. And so, I mean, I wrote that book. I mean, it's uh, frankly too long. It's 200 some pages, but anyway, I hired the PR agency. They helped me get the blurbs on the back. They helped me get some press with it. And it wasn't immediate. I think I was a little impatient at the time. I'm like, well, I wrote this book and I've been in like the paper a couple of times. Why isn't my phone ringing <laughs> off the hook? Um, but I would say within a year, that thing really started to gain traction. So I would say having the niche, writing the book and just producing content generally, right? And it's a more of a longer term strategy. I think, you know, it's like growing a garden. You know, if you need to eat right now, like writing a blog post may not do it for you, but I recommend kind of face-to-face -face marketing with that. But it was something I enjoyed. And so I just kept plugging away and I kept thinking, which I think is helpful when you're producing content, you know, like what, for people who do not know your area of the law, like what is it they want to know? Like, how can I speak to them? Which is how I develop the calculator. Like people come to us all the time. They're like, what's my yep. case worth? And I'm like, okay, let's see if we can develop something. And, and yeah, I, you know, hired somebody off of what was then Elance. Now it's Upwork, but I'm like, hey, can somebody help me develop this calculator? And some <laughs> dude in India was like, sure, I can do that for you. And, you know, so those sorts of things, like really answering your ideal customer's questions I think is a big thing. And then just keeping at it. You just gotta, I mean, you know, water can wear down that rock. You just, you know, keep producing those blog posts, keep doing that videos, keep doing the podcast, whatever it is that you will, you want to do uh, and just keep showing up. And if at first you do it badly, who cares? Nobody's really looking at, <laughs> you know, right. They're really not, they're not looking, you know, they're not, they're not looking that hard in the beginning anyway. So stumble around a little bit if you need to. And you're preaching the choir over here, niching super huge it makes everything so much easier and i wasn't we're a marketing agency we used to work with everybody at a local scale we we're a local agency that worked with anybody you know tire shop or a pizza place or a law firm or whatever yeah and we were like we got a we got a niche and we niched into law and a few years ago and all my team knows how to work with law firms they know how they operate how they want to pay bills how they expect things and it's the same type of client you know different yeah. Different client, but at least it's the same general direction. We know what they want. Yeah. Uh, so it makes everything easier. So that's a, that's a huge tip that you're giving there. 
Um, and I think a lot of law firms are like, they have like a thousand practice areas on their website. And sometimes it's only an attorney or two and they're just like trying to catch anything they can. Yeah. That's why we don't do management side work. I mean, love management side. Those guys are great, but like they, companies that are seeking employment law have a different emotional need than the person who just gotten fired. And so although the law is the same and we could easily represent companies just like we represent individuals, yeah. I wanted our marketing and what we did to, to speak to individuals and their, where they're coming from, what their unique needs are. So I absolutely agree. It allows you to speak the same language to your ideal client. And that's what gets people to listen. That's what gets people to pick up the phone. <laughs> well, right? imagine trying to convey both messages. I'm an employee that having these issues and I'm like, you know, you're trying to water it down and be like, well, we can help right. either a person or company. Right. Or it's right, just not right. <laughs> yeah. So not the yeah. quite same ring to it. Yeah. Yeah. It could be working with my uh, employer for all I know. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And then content, huge on content, SEO, blogging. And, you know, a lot of attorneys, like they just write, we're more SEO. Like, well, is it, is it done right? Is it working for SEO? But if you don't know SEO and you can't afford SEO or whatever, still do what you're talking about because, and there's a good book out there. It's uh they ask you answer. It's by Marcus Sheridan. And this gentleman, uh, he actually is from like the Richmond area, I think, but he owned a pool company and selling pools like rivers, pop, oh, I think it's rivers, yeah. pools, and paws. Yeah. Yeah. He grew his company just by blogging every day. Like, Hey, what do the customers ask? Everyone, if you get a question, tell me, and I'm going to write a blog about it. And they're the number one pool site on the, on Google for anything in the yeah. country. And uh, they just grew to the, the biggest, I think the biggest pool company in the, in the country. He now owns a marketing company and writes books and just consults. But it's simple. Hey, our customers always ask the same question. Well, let's answer it and put it out there. And you can make social media posts about it. You can make videos. You can make blog sure. posts. Repurpose. 100% agree. Absolutely. And the thing is, if you're an attorney starting out, you can spare a little bit of time to write a, an answer of Ex a question. Right. Take yeah. that time to just, you know, you know, put that blog up and just, you know, hey, even once a week, you know, and, and I think and to your point about recognizing your audience, I think what I see a lot of times attorneys when they're writing a blog post, particularly younger attorneys, you know, like, of course, there is some value, like you were just saying, don't be too precious about it. But like, if you're writing about the latest Seventh Circuit opinion, like if you're retail, like if you're going after the car crashes, the DUIs, whatever, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, football, yeah. like right. I mean, like your clients are not typing in to Google, what is the latest seventh circuit, <laughs> you know, opinion on this. They're typing into your point, some kind of question, like, what do I do if I have a meeting with HR tomorrow? What do I do if, you know, I just got arrested, you know, those kinds of questions, answering those. So, you know, don't treat it like a law review article, you know, yeah. treat it like you're talking to somebody across your kitchen table you know, who, who's not a lawyer, like explaining it to them that way. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of our clients, sometimes when they come on board with us for SEO, it's usually a, a conversation first. Hey, we've been writing all our stuff for years, but now, you know, we know we need help and, you know, my attorneys don't want to write all the time or whatever. Or we just say, Hey, you have no SEO value. So we need to work on that. There's, I always have a conversation. Hey, listen, our goal is to get you more leads, more clients. So while we still be helpful and we answer questions, our goal is to drive traffic. And so we look at both sides, say, what's your clients asking? What do they want? What do they need? And then let's look what people are searching. What's the search volume? What's the competition? We pull that together with a strategy and say, all right, we're going to write this piece today. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is the purpose of it. And yes, you can share it and whatever, but it's not really written to be featured in Forbes magazine. Right. You know, right. Uh, it's, it's right. Easily communicating to the, the other person 
this is what right. this is. This is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And by the way, we can help you with that if you need to, but, and that's what it should be for. Yeah. So, and a lot of lawyers are like, well, I got to write it perfectly in my voice. And it's, you know, I can understand that, but um, as long as we're legally accurate and you know, that's, that's how we treat it. There's a purpose yeah. behind it. And that, that should be tracked. That piece that we put together, track it. Is it performing? Yeah. Does it show up? Is it even right. worth keeping it? Yeah, absolutely. But Hey, starting out, just start writing. <laughs> you know, right. Just put, right. put it out. I think there. that's right. Even if you want to write about that Seventh Circuit opinion, that's still going to have value. You know, it can still help build credibility. So, you know, and you can always go back later and hire an agency like yours and be like, take that article and now repurpose it. <laughs> you know, like do it in a way that has SEO value and just mine that all the you know, all the stuff we've already produced. Yeah, a hundred percent. We we do a lot of content pruning, if you will. Sometimes we bring a client on. They might have a thousand, two thousand page website. And it sounds awesome that the rest of you might be great, but sometimes some content might actually hurt their ranking. So it's content sure. printing. Hey, you got a yeah. lot of stuff on here that's old, not relevant, but hey, there's a lot of stuff that we can repurpose. We can just rework it and take that same piece with a little effort and now get you some action and we'll redate it for as a new piece. So absolutely. Yeah. Repurpose what you can. And but yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, that's all good tips, Tom. hundred uh, percent on the same page with you. <laughs> So the book you have. So tell us more about that. Where can we find it? Is it listed on your website? It's on website. You can get it off of Amazon. Yeah. You're What's pregnant, the title you're of the book? Let me pull that yeah, up. You're, you're, yeah. You're pregnant. You're fired. Uh, it is on our website. You can get, you know, a Kindle copy from Amazon, I think for like a dollar, you know, so. Excellent. Yeah. That's where we got it. Yeah. I was going to, if I can. So go on Amazon. So if you're pregnant, you're fired. I don't have a link okay. available to me right the second, but here's the website again down here at the bottom of the screen. You can take a look at that and see what Tom's there. But yeah, again, I would just look at what Tom's done with the website and some of the things that they offer. And I think, you know, really what works well is that you're thinking about their experience when they come there. They're not an attorney. They don't know what the heck's going on. They don't even know if they have a case, what questions to ask. Make it easy for them. You know, give them what they want and you know, got a good chance that they'll they'll reach out. And, you know, maybe they're a case, maybe they're not. But yeah. Well, and I'll say, you know, for our website, um, you know, this is certainly a plug for what you guys do. We've invested a lot of money. You know, we've hired agents and we did not build that on our own, that's for sure. (laughs) And so I think there are obviously good ways and bad ways to spend marketing dollars. But I do think if you can find a good digital agency like yours, somebody kind of help you out. I mean, just because like we were talking about before, like delegating, like unless like you just an attorney and you really enjoy building websites and there are some (laughs) out there, you know, not many, but there are some, you know, like don't spend all your time trying to knock out your own WordPress website, you know, like find somebody who can do that for you and to help you keep those, keep those plates spinning. And they're, you know, like SEO is a thing, like, right. I mean, like there's, it's a specialty, it's a, it's a whole science. And while producing content is certainly great and it's the first step and is the first part of like building your own kind of sandbox that's yours, you know, Google is a lot more complicated than it was when you and I started in 2009. Like you, there's algorithms or a lot. I can rank you tomorrow in 2009. Exactly. You can't just say employment law, Arlington, employment law, Arlington, employment law, Arlington. (laughs) You know, but now Google will punish you for doing that. You know, so it does help to have a partner or somebody who can, you know, help you decode that and how to, you know, and as you, I mean, getting more into your field, but like, you know, how much do you spend on PPC? Like how much do you spend on AdWords or Facebook? Like they're targeting. You know, they're all exactly. There are all different kinds of ways to do it. And, and and yes, as an amateur, you can do a little bit of it, but that'll eat up all your time real quick. Yeah. And I think, um, I think even on our website, we have an article on our website that says pricing. Uh, and it's not necessarily, hey, here's our pricing because we just 
we need to talk to you just like you would. But it is an article that's like, well, here's some general ideas of pricing. And we even say, do it yourself, hire a freelancer, hire someone like us, and then here's your options. So we're not saying you have to use us. Maybe you're not ready for us. Maybe you need to hire you know, on Fiverr to get a website. Sure. I suggest that over doing it yourself. Oh, of course. Um, because you're billing hours when you need to bill hours, not, you know, try right. to build a website. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But I think there's a solution for everyone out there. But, you know, it's uh, you got, you know, you got to delegate and you got to commit and you got to be able to, in some cases, put some funds towards it and have some trust. And then from there, hopefully you have a good experience and you make the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And be, you know, have some patience. Right. I mean, like, it's not like flipping a switch, you know, like you got to. It's like growing a garden, you know, you got to plant the seed, you got to water them, you got to tend to it. And if you do it right, you keep at it, you're, it's going to produce food for, it'll just keep on going, you know, but it does, right. you know, yeah, it does take a little bit of time. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's what I try to do when I'm talking to anybody. I talked to a, a lady earlier, she's got a family pro-law practice in Georgia and, you know, she's got a Wix site and she's doing some ads and she's got, she's not sure where to go next. You know, at this point, it's me just helping her try to even figure out where should she go. I don't think we're probably a fit, but she's like, I don't know what to do. So it's like, well, I guarantee you, I'll tell you what you should do or what I would do. That might mean that we're not a fit for you, but that's so be it. So that's just how we operate. But, and uh, here's the best advice I can give you. Here's what you can do. If we happen to be a fit, that's great, but we can't sign a client that we can't help, you know? And I think that's another important tip for everyone listening is like, you can say no to a client or a case or whatever it may be. That you feel is not a fit for you. You know, it's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. Refer it to someone, some referral partners. You know, it's it's worth invest. You know, it, I feel like the ones that can do that have not maybe made it yet, but they've kind of started to get it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the best client is the one you don't sign up, right? I mean, the best decision yeah. you can make is uh, yeah. I made made a lot of those mistakes. So. <laughs> but yeah, when you're starting out, you're kind of like, uh, I'll take it. You know, anything right. I can get. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you got to back out of it somehow. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Final question for you, and uh, just so everyone can hear what your plans are. But what what's some goals? I mean, I know this year's uh, last couple of years have been a little crazy, but as far as uh, your firm's concerned, what are some of the goals you have? Maybe next year, next up to next five years, what any big plans that you have going on? Yeah, so we have expansion plans. You know, we you know are trying to, and and a large part of the way already to like okay. This is our system. This is our franchise. Essentially, this is how we kind of bake this cake. And now we're going to take this playbook and we can drop it anywhere within reason and do the same thing. So we want to expand to some other geographical areas. Uh, and then also, you know, we are want to partner with people who solve other problems that our clients have. So life coaches, resume writers, mm. uh, you know, career coaches, you know, those folks who you know, are dealing with the other piece and being a resource for them, you know, because it really is right. Your clients only bring you a piece of their problem. Their problem is much more global and you can't solve yeah. it all because you're dealing with that narrow issue, but what else can you help them, you know, what else can you help them solve? And so we're looking to expand that. And so we can really be part of the, you know, the career service market, not solely, you know, we've got this near legal problem that we'll, we'll help you solve. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. With financial services. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that could yeah. be applicable there. Yeah, I love it. And that you said franchise model. I love it even more. And, <laughs> and that's, yeah, E-Myth is basically is that. Exactly. that. So I'm actually listening to it again right now on the, in the ebook version. My, my partner is too, but that is exactly our goal. And 
even though we probably won't be like a franchise actually, but you got to think of your business that way, you know? Yeah. Right. If, if I said, Hey Tom, run this other version of my business in Northern Virginia for me, here's everything you need. And it should be the exact same experience. The clients that you bring on is the ones we have here. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So yeah, I love it. Great goals. I'm okay. excited to see where you take it. <laughs> Well, Tom, is there anything else you want to share? Uh, any other ways that someone can reach out and connect with you? If they uh, certainly to- the website. Yeah, certainly the website. Uh, they're welcome to email me directly at T, as in Tom, and last name Spiggle, S-P-I-G-G-L-E, at spigglelaw.com. Always happy to talk shop. Excellent. Well, appreciate that. Everyone, take Tom up on that. Reach out to him. Send him an email. Go to his website. I'm sure he's on LinkedIn, too, and oh, places yeah. like that. Yeah. Ask him a question, connect with him, tell him you heard, heard him on the uh, Managed Partners podcast. So <laughs> we'll see All if right, he gets Kevin. Me. It's been well, great. Thank you so much, Tom. No, it's been actually really awesome. Everything you're doing is spot on. I love it. This episode, guys, will be available up on our website. It'll live up there, uh, arraylaw.com forward slash podcast. You can filter by practice area or you can filter by location. So you can find Tom either way on there or look for other attorneys in different practice areas if you're looking for to hear more family law or divorce law or PI, we got it all. Uh, 170, I believe, uh, just last year. So tons of good content. And if you need help getting anywhere close to where Tom is at with his marketing, reach out to us, check us out, reach out to me. Any questions, I'm happy to answer arraylaw.com. Tom, thank you so much, sir. Thank Everyone you. Else? Yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining and listening in. And we'll talk to you soon. Tom, stand with me. We'll chat briefly behind stage. Okay. All right, everybody. See you. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.